Okay, folks, we're talking about prioritizing in your marriage. What are the priorities that make it work, right? And this is a really important question, especially since we're in phase two of the pandemic. No, the pandemic is not over. We are in phase two of the pandemic. Why is the pandemic not over? Think about it. What's going on with COVID? Do we have COVID? Yes. Is it everywhere? Yes. Is it still going on? Yes. The only difference is that many, 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 many more of us are now vaccinated. And on top of that, we're finding out that the vaccinated are getting sick. They're not dying as much, but they're getting sick. And so we're still living under a very restrictive regime for our, the safety of our family. And what happens when we're under this kind of pressure is people get confused about what's really important. Oh, it's a crisis. So my priorities must be changing. Actually, a lot of people were confused about what's important before the pandemic. Many, 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 many people were living parallel lives with their spouse, with their husband, with their wife, and wondering, is this the way it's supposed to be? Many, 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 many people were waking up in the morning and looking over and going, who's that? That's not the person I married. Many, 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 many people were having the experience of elbowing their way through breakfast together, of being resentful when they saw each other. Some of this is due to being <clears throat> in an enclosed environment together, uh, but some of it is just what happens when we lead parallel lives and it goes on and on and on. And the problem is, once we're in that box, we don't know how to get out of it. And so these priorities are to help us get out of it. So what should come first in a marriage? That's really the question. Now, there are two answers to this. <clears throat> If you are a religious person, it's going to be one answer. If you are non-theistic, let's call it, there's going to be a different answer, but actually they're very similar answers. So in the religious sphere, it's always going to be God that comes first in your marriage, regardless of your religion. In the non-theistic sphere, <clears throat> it's going to be your values and your principles. And actually, those are really the same thing. For people who have a belief in a higher power, a lot of their values and principles are derived from that relationship with that higher power or that understanding of how their interaction with that higher power works in their lives. <clears throat> and their values and principles are derived from that religious group. For people who are non-theistic, agnostic, or not believers, <clears throat> excuse me, I got something in my throat. It is vital that they are in touch with what their values are and their principles are. So let's talk a little bit about a value and a principle. <clears throat> Still trying to get that frog out of my throat. A principle would be something like um, live and let live, or what goes around comes around. These are principles that we believe that life functions under. So what goes around comes around is how I behave is what I'm going to get back. What I put out is what I'm going to get back. 
or another way to restate it would be giver's gain, which is a networking BNI thing. They say giver's gain. <clears throat> um, these principles, by the way, have corollaries in religious texts. There, you, there is no principle that you're going to find in the agnostic world that you're not going to find in the religious world. And there's no principle in the religious world that, that you're not going to find in the agnostic world. Then there's values, um, values like honesty, integrity, being supportive and caring, um, hard work, sacrifice. These are values. Family first, that's a value. And just to make it clear how these things coexist in these two ways of thinking about life. I, in fact, am, am a person who, I'm a churchgoer, and my wife is, an, is agnostic, probably is how she would describe herself. And the reason why our marriage works is we meet in the middle. And it turns out that my values and the principles that I live my life by, the principles that I, the, the church that I go to and I resonate with, that we share, happen to be the same values and principles that my wife and I share. Being clear about these is A number one. Why is that? Because you can't make decisions about what's right and what's wrong for your life if you don't have a clue about your values and your principles. So whenever my wife and I are challenged by a deep question, we go back to our values and principles. Here's an example. <clears throat> a couple that I'm working with had the option to go to Brazil with their married children and during the pandemic and they were willing to do it because they'd had success going on vacations and still doing it safely by practicing by wearing a mask when they're with groups and by um staying in outdoor environments for the most part and all the things that we're doing at home and the thing that really sort of paused them was one of their children was coming back, one of their college children was coming back for a three-week holiday. And they have a principle that you family first. And so they looked into that principle together and they decided that that child wouldn't enjoy going to that Brazil trip and that leaving that child behind, even though they're an adult, uh, is not something they wanted to do. And so they decided to not go on that trip because they want to maintain the stability of their family for that younger child. And the, the, the older child who's going to Brazil, they have regular relations with him and, and his wife. And so that relationship is not at risk and they'll do that trip another time. But they got together on this core principle of, you know, the youngest child needs the most support, family comes first, we're gonna maintain the stability of our home for that child. When you have the clear connection with those values and principles, those decisions get so much easier. And that's why this is the first thing that you need to have in order. Your first priority is to always understand what those principles and values are. Now, let me tell you something. It is not unusual for couples to have their values not prioritized exactly the same. One might feel that it's more important to earn a living and support the home. And the other might feel it's more important to show up for the family first, but they both agree that earning a living and supporting the home is important. And they both agree that showing up for the family is important. They just have them prioritized differently. And a lot of family con uh, couple conflict 
and family conflict comes out of when these values are not prioritized the same. And there's always a way to work that out and compromise it. I mean, if you think about it, it sounds like, oh my God, compromising my values, but you're not actually compromising your values. When you think about what goes on for us internally, every day we're faced with situations that where we have to choose between values and we have to decide which value has priority and we figure it out within ourselves. So if we can figure it out within ourselves, we can figure it out with our partner. Number two, priority number two is to take care of yourself first. Now that sounds crazy, right? Because probably a principle that most of us have or a value that most of us have is uh, it's not okay to be selfish. But selfishness is not a good thing because uh, our, our principle is that uh, we support one another. And so that when we're selfish, we don't support one another. And let me tell you why this is good selfishness or why it's not really selfish. Here's how this goes. I have a client who was showing up for her kids day and night. I actually have a client right now who's doing that. She's showing up for her two kids day and night. She's got a super difficult husband who has a little problem and he's not competent and he doesn't follow through on his commitments. And so she's carrying the full burden. And what happens is at the end of the day, after she's been to work, you know, working her tail off to, so that her kids can eat and go to school and have a roof over their head because he's not showing up for them. At the end of the day, she then gets to go and help them with their homework and cook them dinner and be there for them. And why is she not ordering out? Because she's not making that much. You know, she's got limited resources. And it's not unusual at the end of the day for her to be at the end of her rope, right? To feel like, oh my God, I have given everything that I have to give. How can I give any more? Like I'm tapped, my battery is dead. And part of the reason why her battery is dead at the end of the day is she's not sleeping well. She's not exercising. She's eating pretty well though. She's, but she's not taking care of all of her basic needs. And so the moral of the story is, if you don't charge your own battery, you can't show up for other people 100%. In fact, the lower your personal charge, the lower the quality of your work. The less you take care of yourself, the harder it is to take care of other people. In fact, you start resenting other people for it. She irrationally resents her children. And you know what? She's not alone. There are hundreds of thousands of parents having this experience because they're not charging their own battery. And the excuse when you're in this position, and believe me, I've been here so I know, is I don't have time. I don't have time. There's no time. But the reality is, if you make the time to charge your own battery, if you make the time to exercise in, in once a day or even three or four times a week, you will sleep better at night. If you make the time to eat a healthy meal, your body's going to be have more energy. And if your body has more energy, you can show up more strongly in your life. If you make the time to have prayer and meditation practices and or meditation practices in your life, you're going to feel more spiritually connected and centered. You're going to be less likely to be triggered. If you make the time to journal a little three or four times a week, you're going to have a release of feelings. If you make the time to be connected to a wider spiritual community of any kind and have eight friends there, you're going to feel more supported in your life. When you make the time to do those things and you get those results, you've got more energy. And guess what? You then have more time. You come home from work and you're ready 
to help them with their homework? Do you come home from work and you have the tools that you need to show up for those people who are really important? When you put yourself first and your battery's fully charged, you can go the distance. And that's what that's about. So number one priority, values, principles, or maybe it's God and his kingdom, depending on your point of view. Number two priority, charge the battery. All right, so those are one and two. Number three principle is yes. Is it work? No. Is it family? No. It's partnership. If you're married and you have a partner in your life, that needs to be next. And this is the one that everybody drops. I was coaching people in the beginning of the pandemic and they'd come to me and say, oh God, I, my, my life is all upside down. I'm not taking care of myself. Uh, I'm showing, you know, having trouble showing up for my kids. And, and here's why work has become the most important thing. Kids, the second most important thing. Self, the third most important thing. And their partner wasn't even on the list. Their partner wasn't even on the list. And that's not unusual because usually you and your partner are like tag team wrestlers. You know, you go in there and you work your buns off and you say, oh, I'm tired. You're in. And the other one jumps in while you eat popcorn and watch a movie or whatever you're doing, right? <clears throat> the problem is that's not a partnership. That is tag team wrestling. The problem is that's not a partnership. The problem is that's sharing the burden and sharing the labor. A partnership is where both people are on the same page. So you remember how I started out telling you about how me and my wife are uh, not on the same page about religion, but we're on the same page about values and principles. That took a lot of partner time to get there. And there are lots of people's marriages who have failed, who have that same relationship going on because they feel like they should believe the same thing when it comes to a higher power. Well, you know, as much as I would love my wife to embrace my concept of a higher power, it's unlikely to happen in the next five minutes. And as much as she'd like me to get rid of my ridiculous crutch of holding on to something that may not even been there, be there as she sees it, I'm unlikely to do that because what we're doing is working for us now. But what we can get the on the same page about are values and principles. And we got there by putting our partnership, what? First. Well, first after values and principles and taking care of ourselves. And so putting that partnership really third is what we're talking about. What can I tell you? Putting that partnership third means taking the time to have caring communication. So we got to that place about values and principles through caring communication. Yeah, it was a little conflicted. There was some criticism going on there. But what we found out is that we really want the same things for our children, pretty much, <laughs> right? Um, pretty much in terms of values and principles. You know, there's some subtle distinctions there, but guess what? Even if you're both agnostic or you're both in the same com spiritual community, you're never going to be exactly on the same page. In fact, the joy of partnership is that you come at things slightly differently. Let me say that again. The joy of partnership is that you come at things slightly differently. Real partners have varying strengths. That means that you're learning from each other, you're pressing each other, you're growing together. It also means that one of you can handle the big picture stuff while the other one is super detail oriented. And you can, that's actually an ideal partnership, by the way. It makes for some communication problems, 
The big picture person wants to talk about the big picture. The detail person wants to go through all the details before they get there. So there are gonna be some missteps in communication until they figure out how to get through those things, until they accept that they're not per exactly the same, until they're willing to be patient with one another as they go through the way that they mentally process things, until there's some empathy, there might be some missteps. But if a couple works at care and communication, the next thing that's gonna happen is there's gonna be more trust. And when they build more trust by being supportive of one another and cutting out those little snitty remarks that sometimes we make to each other, or those little sarcastic remarks or, or uh, cynical things that we drop in, the little criticisms that are supposed to be ha-ha funny but actually tear the other person down, as we start to remove that stuff from our conversation and focus more on appreciating one another's strengths, there's gonna be empathy. And with empathy, there's respect for one, each other, one another's worldviews, whether they're close together or further apart. And once you start respecting each other's worldviews and get that you're sharing values and sharing principles and have the same vision for your family and for your kids, it's gonna work better. All right, number one, values and principles. Number two, charge your battery. Number three, build your partnership. And by the way, those qualities I gave you, that's how you have an intimate partnership, caring communication, trust, empathy, the basis of an intimate relationship. I don't mean necessarily that you're having sex all the time. What I mean is that when you're having sex, it's intimate. It's not, I actually had a sex therapist on this show uh, not too long ago. And she said that the definition of sex is a loving, caring interaction that usually involves some kind of physical exchange, but it doesn't have to actually. Sex can show up in all kinds of ways. That's another show. All right, so four is now gonna be children and family. They actually are fourth. And actually, I think the reason that seems funny is I talk about it as one, two, three, four, but actually what we're doing is we're building a structure to rest our family on. The foundation of the structure is principles and values. And what's built on those principles and values, one of the key principles is taking care of ourselves and charging our batteries because when we do that, we show up stronger in every other area of our life. And that's, if we value showing up for other people, we wanna do it stronger and more consistently. And so we're gonna take care of ourselves. Then number three is what? That's right. It's gonna be our partner. And number four, standing on top of values and principles, taking care of ourselves, our relationship with our partner is going to be our children and our family. They stand on top of us. And the more firm those, that foundation is, the more solid the ground is that they're going to stand on. So our partner and I, our, me and my partner, you and your partner, you and your partner are going to focus on the children, focus on what is really good for them. What is their well-being? What are the, what makes them unique? How can we help them to bring out their unique skills, their talents, their innate abilities? Uh, we're gonna teach them about family. We're gonna teach them about our parents, our parents' parents. We're gonna teach them about the good things and the bad things. We're gonna teach them about how the bad things were overcome to become good things. We're gonna teach them about the, our country's origin, the cultures we come from. We're gonna teach them our values and principles. And those values and principles are all locked into those other things I talked about. They all come out of culture family, um, 
And if you're of mixed religion or if you're agnostic and religious, you're going to do your best to share your points of view in a way that isn't domineering and oppressive. And so uh, in the case of our household, for example, our children are well aware that I am a church-going Christian and that my wife is a non-attending agnostic. And they are entitled to choose their own point of view because children always are going to do that anyway. No matter if you raise them in a faith or not, they're always going to choose their own point of view. And they get to choose based on how we live our lives, right? So how my wife and I live our lives will ultimately demonstrate to them the value of one point of view or another. That's going to help them in their choice. And it's not about pressing them into a certain way of life that religion is bad because all the wars in the world were started by religious people or that you'll never go to heaven if you don't do this. It's not about that. It's about how do we live our lives today? And is it effective? And is it, does it have meaning to the children? And are we fulfilled and happy? And do they see that? So that's the real bottom line for them choosing. Even if you raise children in the same faith, if your family is miserable and that faith isn't working for your family, guess what? Your children are going to bounce out of that faith. All right. So you've got values and principles, charging your own battery, partnership, family. And then the last, the last thing on the tier is work, right? We work to support our family. We don't have families so that we can work. We work to support our families. And so there's a couple of things about work, maybe three, right? The first thing about work is you got to eat, right? So you want to make sure you're making adequate money to support the needs of your family, or you need to adjust the needs of your family to the income of your work. I like the, the first one better, that you're, you choose work that's going to support the needs of your family. The second part is that where you work needs to understand that you have what? A family. Like if they're going to say, you need to work 500 hours and we don't care about your kids and we don't care about your partner, then you're probably not at such a good job if you have a family. We need to work in places that understand our circumstances, excuse me, understand our circumstances and whose priorities line up with ours is basically what we're talking about. Just like our partner and I need to have the same priorities, the priorities and values of the business need to jive with ours to some extent. And the last part is, but maybe this is really the first part, right? Is it's super helpful if you like what you do, if it's fun for you, whatever your job is. If your job is to take care of the kids in the home, it's important that you like doing that. If your job is to build houses, it's important that you like that. If your job is to help people with their relationships. You need to be really passionate and joyful in what you do for that to work. And the more you like your job, the easier and less stressful that work is gonna be. Just like the more you like your partner, the less stressful that relationship is gonna be. And so that is the pyramid of priorities that's gonna help your marriage to thrive. And it's gonna help your marriage to thrive because you're, you've, you're, you are clear about your values and principles. You're taking good care of yourself. You and your partner are on the same page, are reinvesting in your relationship and reinvesting in one another. And you might even be making sacrifices for one another, which is okay. Making sacrifices for one another instead of one person making all the sacrifices for the other. Let's be really clear. 
that your kids have a firm family foundation to stand on and that your work, your work is nurturing you and nurturing your family and supporting it. Those are the priorities. And if you have your relationship and your life and those priorities, I guarantee you that it's going to work. In fact, if you look at your relationship and you look at your marriage and you look at your lives together, you will see that every disruption that you've had is a result of those things being out of alignment. I'm going to say that again. If you look at your marriage and look at your lives together, you will see that every disruption you've had is a result of those priorities being out of alignment or being in the wrong order. And if you want more information, my offer is always set up a free call with me, bit.ly forward slash end the fight. Why is it end the fight? Because when those things are out of sync, we tend to have more friction in our marriage. bit.ly forward slash end the fight, E-N-D-T-H-E-F-I-G-H-T, all one word. Or direct message me, email me at rich, that's my name, rich at richinrelationship.com, R-I-C-H-I-N-R-E-L-A-T-I-O-N-S-H-I-P.com, richinrelationship.com. Thank you. Have an awesome, awesome day. And really think about this. Really think about those priorities.